Hey guys, it's John with the CNT Update, and today I have a special guest, Assemblyman Randy Vopel. <laughs> See, look at that, Randy. It's just like uh, it's just like magic. Oh, I I would rather have dogs barking, you know, <laughs> when you're a politician. Oh, I don't have that one. I do. I do have this one. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, so Randy, you've been um, the assemblyman in uh, the East County of San Diego and the lower part of Riverside since, um, how long has that been? Well, going on six years. Going on six years. Awesome. And you're running again this year? Yes, sir. Okay, cool. And you're from the 71st Assembly District. That will morph into the 75th District. Um, and by the way, just so you know, uh, I'm a pretty lousy politician but I'm a good representative of East County. And that's, there's a difference I, there. There is. A and big some people difference. don't understand that. So I, Randy, uh, I've known you for quite a while and I've always known you to be uh, upfront, honest and truthful. And you really give a crap about what's going on in your community and, and how you represent folks. I do my best. It's a very large uh, district and I'm all over it. Yeah. With the VFWs, American Legion post Eagles, all the nonprofits. Um, if I can help out, I'm there. Uh, this morning we talked to a VFW member that needs some California land for their parking lot, and it's useless land. So we're working on getting um, that for them, and they'll pay fair market coin. So there's a lot of things that people don't know we do. Right, because the only time they, they hear about you is if you screw something up. Well, not just that, but during this COVID um, emergency, we normally do two unemployment claims a month, okay? That's before COVID. At the height of COVID, we were doing 45 unemployment claims a day. So you were helping 45 people get through the unemployment system in California because it's so smooth and easy. That's correct. Gotcha. Um, And at one point, about a third of those claims were fraudulent. So we would flag the fraudulent claims, identify them to the EDD department, and never hear anything about them again. Yeah, that's uh, always a concern. I mean, I'm not a big fan of taxes. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll pay my fair share every every penny that I have to pay. But um, I hate when, when they waste my tax money. And I've appreciated you uh, as, as a... Uh, Santee mayor and city councilman and as a uh, assemblyman making sure that uh, doing the, your best to make sure that my tax dollars weren't getting wasted. So I appreciate that. Yeah. That even goes further than that. I'm on the uh, audit committee and the audit committee has the power to audit any government structure in California. And it's kind of interesting because I'm one of the few Republicans on the audit committee and because I'm fair minded and I'm an analytical nerd, I analyze everything um, if I vote for an audit, the Democrats get all excited because if Randy signs off on it, it's got to be good. And the audit committee is often used by one assembly member to attack another assembly member. In other words, if I don't like your sheriff's department, let's audit them. Oh, really? That's how it works. Do you, th- people weaponize politics and, oh. and, and all of the services and staff that we pay for? Wow, I didn't, I can't imagine that, that sarcasm. I know. Okay. (laughs) I'm right there with you, buddy. I specialize in sarcasm. And speaking of that, gas taxes. Yeah, what the hell's going on over there? All right. Um, We have asked for a a gas tax holiday of a year. 
And the basic gasoline tax is 51 cents a gallon. But with cap and trade, all the fees, all the different requirements, it adds another 75 cents a gallon for $1.26. So every time we vote on one of those clean this or that bills or any of that kind of stuff, it adds another nickel, dime, 25 cents to our gas tax. And we're at a, a buck 25 now? About a dollar um, 26. Okay. And then you got to add the 18.3 cents tax that the feds have. Gotcha. So the first, the dollar the 26 is just the That's state. St- the state of California. Gotcha. And, and very little of that money goes to roads. It goes to all the pet projects. Sure. It goes to somebody's uncle that owns the company that does the mitigation or some business that we're supposed to be taught. Sorry, that's me being cynical. I'm trying to, no, you're, I gave that up for um, New Year's. It's not working. John, you're <laughs> spot on because uh, what happens is, especially under these emergency COVID rules that we have right now, they're sending out billions of dollars of contracts and they're not bid. They're, they're not bid out. They're, they're just writing checks. Yeah. And guess who it goes to? It goes to their Buddies that support them. Ah, so my grandkids and your grandkids are going to have to pay for all this just bloviated, crazy uh, legislation. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's neat. So when people wonder how come it's so darn expensive to live in California, is that one of the reasons you think? Oh, it's one of many reasons. Um, when I look at all the, we have 600 different boards and commissions and many of the boards and commissions pay a large salary and they only meet four times a year. So what happens is if you're in government elected, etc., and you play ball with the ruling party, then you get appointed to a border commission with hundred thousand a year pay. You meet four times a year. That's your reward. Oh, okay. So let me let me see if I get this right. And it's legal. It's all legal. It, it's not, totally legit. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't think that anybody, because they write the rules, I'm sure that they can make whatever they want legal as long as it fits within the state and federal constitutions. But um, so let me see if I get this right. So somebody would donate uh, or support somebody in one way for a campaign or have done something in the past that they really appreciated, uh, the elected official appreciated. And then they say, you know what? We have a, a commission spot over here open um, that's going to pay a hundred grand a year plus state benefits and retirement and all that wonderful stuff. You get to meet four times a year. So we're going to uh, let you have the expense of flying from San Diego to Sacramento to meet each one of those times and put you up in the hotel across the street, that Hilton across the street from the Capitol building. And you get to stay there on the company dime. Plus we're going to pay you a per diem because you know, $25,000 for a meeting isn't really enough for you to be able to afford to eat lunch and dinner. Right. Uh, Are my clothes? I don't know specifically, but you're probably somewhere in the ballpark there. I don't know. I don't know about most folks, but I know it pisses me off. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. And especially um, with SDG and E rate increases, the uh, California public utilities commission, they're in all of the electric company's hip pocket. Uh, so you're never going to get rate relief, especially from SDG&E. Um, and they cut slack for different other PG&E, especially on all the wildfires that they caused. So they're slapping them with token fines. Which ratepayers end up paying anyway. Absolutely. Everything gets passed on. Yeah, because because nobody that's uh, making those decisions to 
make sure the infrastructure isn't up to up to code or up to uh, current standards or safety standards, the, those folks aren't getting penalized by their pay. It comes directly from the ratepayers. Yeah. Now, you want to switch gears a little so sure. we don't depress people completely? <laughs> so I have businesses of the year and businesses of the month. The business of the month for this month is Eccentric International Chefs in Santee. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And our business of the year is Alpine Taco Shop. Really? Very cool. I'm telling you, the Alpine Taco Shop has a seafood soup to die for. And and where are they? Do you know where they're located in Alpine? uh, Right down the main drag on the right near a uh, a real estate office. Oh, okay. Imagine that. Yeah. Okay, so it's, um, is it called the Alpine Taco Shop? Yeah, that's what it's called. Okay, I'll have to go check them out. That and sounds pretty awesome. It's family run by a mother and daughter, and they just, I'm telling you, it's great food. And then Eccentric International Chefs, they're incredible. They're from Austria, so you're getting an Austrian flavor into all of what they bake, and they bake everything. And they will also do um, special requests. I mean, if you dream something up, They'll do it. Yeah, they Carlo can... and Melina do great work yeah. over there. Yeah, I've known them for quite a while. They, they've done some <clears throat> wedding cakes for the family, and, and we'd get our birthday cakes, all yeah. that there. They're, they're good folks. And, then, and they give back to the community a ton. Oh, yeah. They um they would bake for the Marine Corps um, when we had different going away parties and coming home parties, which were much more fun um, than the going away because they're, oh, sure. they're going to war. And Eccentric would uh, donate that. Now, another good thing here is our woman of the year is Robin Joy Maxson. And she's the chair of the Ramona community planning group. And she was recently appointed by supervisor Joel Anderson, to social services advisory board. I started out on the social services advisory board many years ago. That is a very important advisory board. And it has some clout um, on the homeless and all the different social services, welfare, everything. So that's a that's a heck of a job. And uh, she works with multiple jurisdictions and all levels of government. She's a worker bee. She's smart. She's articulate. And uh, when you give her something to do, she does it better than you can do it. Um, she's the woman of the year. Very cool. Very cool. Do you have a, a man of the year? No. Oh, okay. Where do you, what state do you think we're in? I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm we, we all may about have, equal rights. We may have the gerbil of the year, but not a man. Come on. Oh, okay. My, my, my bad. So, uh, Randy, what do you do mostly up there um, in Sacramento as assemblyman? Do you have any bills that you're sponsoring, or do you mostly do behind-the-scenes stuff? Most of my, we had a very large bill package at the beginning of the session. And what happens is, if it's a good conservative Republican bill, you don't even get heard in committee because the chair of the committees, and it always goes through the committees, if they don't want to hear your bill, that's it. It's gone. Just So all the staff time, all of the labor to put this together, and it, no, they won't even hear it. They won't even hear it. Um, so what I do quite often if I really got a great bill, I'll go up the hallway, talk to one of my Democrat friends and say, would you like to co-author this? Now that bill 
has at least a 50-50 chance of survival. Sure. And then sometimes they take my bill, which is very good, they gut and amend it and make it their bill. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Which, you know, is kind of okay with me. Um, Yeah, because you're not in it for, you know, the accolades, right? You're trying to get shit done. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, If it gets done, who, who do you care whose name is on it? And that's why you're a bad politician. Yeah, I'm lousy. <laughs> and I don't trade yeah. favors up there. Uh, they know they get what they get with me, which is why uh, different Republican groups turn on me. And now, are both sides uh, against you? Or do you have some you have, you have some friends up there, right, that help you get some stuff done? Some. Um, but politically, the... Local Republicans in um, San Diego County and also the California Republican Party have not endorsed me. They endorsed another Republican who got stripped of her district and moved into mine. Ah, okay. So we just went through redistricting because every 10 years there's a census. And then when the census data gets published, then all of the districts around the state have to realign all of their... um, their voting districts, right? Correct. And, and so yeah. you are, are currently in the 71st, but when the redistricting takes over in November, you'll be fighting for the 75th. Correct. And this June 7th. Oh, June 7th. Is the primary. See, I have to yeah. run twice. Oh, good for you. Oh, yeah. So what you do is over the two-year session, you never quit campaigning. You never quit money raising. You never quit that part of it. So when you ask me, what do I do? About a third of the time you're working on just getting your butt reelected. And I truly represent East County in Sacramento. I do not represent Sacramento in East County. So I always pound on that. That's very refreshing. So is the, the, the footprint of the new district, the 75th, is it pretty close to the same footprint of the 71st? It, I lost uh, Riverside, which I really liked Riverside. Um, had about 5,000 voters up there. I lost Idlewild, which I called the Village of the Damned, because I think every retired Berkeley professor lives there. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't do real well in Idlewild. Um, although, so that didn't hurt too much. No, it didn't hurt. Now, what's interesting is they took out El Cajon, they took out Rancho San Diego, which was uh, either poor enrollment for voting or they were Democrat. So they got peeled off into other Democrat areas. And we picked up into the seven, new 75th Poway, which is predominantly um, Republican. And let's see, uh, Scripps Ranch, which is predominantly Democrat. So it's yeah, because, a, okay, that interesting makes sense. mix there. Yeah. So that's how politically East County is going to stack up. Um, I have very good name recognition throughout East County and some in Poway, uh, Scripps Ranch, not so much. Okay, we'll have to work on that. Hey, okay with me. So um, when we were doing the pregame show here, um, you were talking about uh, a bill that you're trying to get through about... uh, Military active duty and veteran suicide concerns? Yeah, I'm the vice chair of the military and veterans committee. We control $359 million of uh, veteran spending in the state of California. So it's a a pretty 
important committee. And um, what I've found out is 22 veterans commit suicide nationwide every day. And for female veterans per capita, they have a 65% higher suicide rate. Nobody knows why, although I can guess. And the VA has not done anything. So I have a bill that's still alive that would fund a pilot program to investigate female veteran suicide. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I would imagine that uh, there are some s- several things, issues that would uh, uh, make those scales tip that direction towards the female suicide rate instead of the male suicide rate. Do you have any? Yeah, um, and I observed it firsthand when I was on active duty. Um, sexual harassment is a big deal for many of the females. Um, also, how they fit into a male-dominated culture. Uh, if they don't date someone, then they're kind of ostracized from the unit. I mean, it it gets really like fifth grade all over again. And it's not fair to the females on active duty or the veterans. It's just not fair. So there's a lot of, um, you're suspecting that there's a lot of of pressure that female uh, military um, service folks will have an issue that male service folks don't have. And um, are you getting some support? We'll see. Um, it hasn't been heard yet. Uh, so once again, because I'm a Republican, I operate in the dark quite often. But the that bill is still alive. Well, I hope that uh, that you're able that this bill is uh, allowed to see the, the light of day because it uh, sounds like something that's that's very important to to anybody. Um, you know, um, military suicides, suicides in general are. Uh, Super sad. I mean, I can't believe that, that that somebody's in that position that thinks that that's the best option. And especially people that have served our country and females that have served our country while trying to do that with basically, it sounds like one hand tied behind their back, um, working in a system that isn't really built for them. Yeah. Whenever anyone asks me which branch of service should they join, I always tell them, well, the Marine Corps is going to kill you off at the fastest rate, you know, then the <laughs> Army. Um Join the Air Force. The Air Force treats people far more better, far more equal, especially women, than any other branch of service. Yeah, I, I have uh, a nephew in the Air Force, one in the Coast Guard, and uh, one in the Navy. And uh, the Air Force is definitely um, more family friendly and, and uh, a little, uh, yeah, you're not necessarily on the front lines all the time. Yeah. When I was in the Navy, uh, they always said as a joke that if the Navy, wanted you to have a wife and kids, they would have put it in your sea bag, you know. <laughs> now, you've been in the Navy, you were in the Navy in the, in the 60s, right? You were in Vietnam? Yeah. yeah. I did two combat tours in Vietnam. Thank you for your service, Randy. Hey, all the big parts came back. My wife says the brain didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Maybe... Um, Anything that you've done recently that uh, you can brag about? I know you're not one of those kind of people that like to brag and talk about yourself, but but uh, any accomplishments that, that you think that stand out? Well, you know, the old saying, um, you know, what you do talks and the BS walks. I've, I've through the years, done quite a, a few good things, and I generally do them quietly behind the scenes. And, uh, for instance, for some years I counseled, veterans, especially Marines, 
from uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. And my 2nd Battalion, 1st Marines that I helped out, they were very bitter about losing the city of Fallujah and all these other cities that ISA took once we pulled out. And I would tell them, and I'm probably not a real good psychological counselor, okay? I'd tell them, wait a minute. First of all, you got to understand that America has never conquered territory. The only territory we've ever conquered was our military cemeteries overseas. That is sovereign American soil, but it's a cemetery. Sure. So what I would tell Marines that were mourning the loss of these different cities they fought and died in, I would tell them, hey, in my war, for instance, Cameron Bay, South Vietnam, that's a cruise ship terminal. I mean, you know, you got to accept that America does not conquer territory. It, but it doesn't get much more American than turning that into a cruise ship terminal. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, in a way, I guess we won the war, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> hadn't thought of it that way, John. <laughs> Sorry, I try, I'm also trying to look at the bright side of things. <laughs> but so, that's it yeah. for me, unless you got any other questions. No, you know, I think we covered everything on the list, Gail. We good? Okay, we got the thumbs up from Gail. Awesome. So, Randy, um, you have um, an election coming up in, in June. June 7th. June 7th. You got any fundraisers coming up? That's another topic down the road. Okay, that's down the road. Well, I uh, I do appreciate um, your your candor and your humility and, and, and your willingness to do the right thing all of the time. You know, I've, I've known you for probably 15 years years or so. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, uh, when you were mayor of CNT, and I don't even know if you still do this, but when you're mayor you used to go down to the river bottoms and, and help count the homeless so that we can make sure that we were getting the services necessary to those folks. And, and you do a lot of things behind the scenes that, um, that, uh, most people don't see. And, uh, I wanted to personally thank you for that and, uh, let you know that uh, I'm pulling for you and hopefully you can continue to represent us when, uh, the 75th takes over and, uh, next January. We'll see what happens June 7th. Awesome. Thanks, Randy. And thanks for your service. Alrighty. Thank you. Talk to you next time.